Welcome to Daily Meds with Pastor Richard L. Forney, Sr., Pastor, Teacher at New Joy Fellowship Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grab your paper and pen and tune in to see what the Lord has to say today. We talked last week about the importance of being one with God and one with one another. And that was so important that Jesus, in his prayer, his priestly prayer, in John chapter 17, that is one of the things that he prayed for, was being one with one another and one with God. It's one of those things that you and I need not take for granted and not think that it's going to be easy. In fact, what Jesus prayed is that God would protect us from the schemes of the devil. Because what the devil would attempt to do is to divide people, humanity. We've seen this at work since the beginning of time. Amen. History is full of witnesses about how fallen man has been used by the devil to divide and to separate. Jesus made it known to us that you need to be aware that this is an issue that needs to be contended with. You need to contend with it. Understand that the only way that you can become an overcomer is with the power of the Holy Ghost, the power that is found in the name of Jesus Christ that takes what was dead and made alive, that's you and me, and enables us to function in such a way that we can fulfill our mission. Remember what God said in the beginning when he spoke to both Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And what was his point? Spread my image over the entire world. It was the the image of God that he wanted magnified across the world. But the enemy has been busy since that time in the garden and before seeking to disrupt anything that God would do. He has sought to bring about confusion and separation and division by pressing his way against what God would desire to do. If you go back to the beginning, we mentioned this before, Adam and Eve brought together. God said to them, and the two shall become one. It was his intent that they become one. But you remember the deception in the garden brought about division. Because when the woman ate of the fruit and then gave to the man to eat of the fruit from the tree that God has said, do not eat from what it brought about was this this thing of where Adam said, this woman you gave me. That's division. I, listen, I wasn't there. But I can bet. With some with certainty. That later on, Eve reminded him. You remember what you said to God? 
that woman you gave, it brought about division. Remember before, they were naked and had no shame. After this, they become, uh, they need to be hiding themselves and, and they also are, are separated. It was the, the goal of the enemy to stop the move and plan of God and to bring about separation and division. This weekend, you've been hearing about it all year long, about the history of what happened in 1921 here in the Tulsa area. Uh, it is not something that has been, well, it had been covered up for a number of years, but as we are commemorating the 100th years since that took place, it is being talked about, discussed, uh, shared, communicated, not only here in Tulsa, but across the world. And that is an important thing. And one of the things that is happening and it should be happening across many churches today is that congregations, as they gather, they are talking about that event so that one is uncovered and the truth comes out. And secondly, so that the church acknowledges that truth and deals with what, what we need to know as both reconciliation and healing. It's important that I believe it's important and many others believe it's important that the church is always a forerunner of truth telling. I shared with you a thought last week. Let me share it with you again, uh, because I think this is one of the things that leads to some of, of the uh, uh, things that take place in our experiences. Talked about how if, if the, the people of God take the word of God and use it to justify their behavior, then what it does is give the enemy an opportunity to bring about confusion, to use it as an opportunity to disrupt. And then it lends its way to uh, causing all of those hidden things that we have to somehow erupt. It was in 1921. Many of you know the story, but bear with me if you don't mind while I, while I read just a portion of this particular historical account. And I'm trying to get back there. I was in a couple of different places. It says the 1921 Tulsa race massacre. Previously, it was referred to as a riot. But because of the unfolding of, of truth that has come forth, uh, a great effort was was made to get it changed from being called a riot to being called a massacre because of the fact that uh, there was a great disparity and it really wasn't a riot, it was an assault. And so rightly so, it was changed from the race riot to the race massacre. It says it was the worst civil disturbance on American soil since the Civil War. Now, 
this is Memorial Day weekend. Many of you know that Memorial Day started after the Civil War. It was it was a, a decoration day, as history calls it, to go to the to the tombs, to the graves of of Civil War veterans to decorate their graves. And if you recall, the Civil War was was really one of the things that the enemy was using to bring about separation between the races and people. And can I just tell you that it's never been God's idea that there would be separation by race. It was never his idea. What God has always been about is elevating a godly kingdom and having his name promoted throughout the earth. That is why when you make it to Revelations, what it's going to talk about is that there will be people from every tribe in every language, in every nation. He says they're not going to be a black heaven, a white heaven, a Chinese heaven, an Asian heaven. It's not going to be all of that. It's going to be one heaven whereby all of these people come together to worship the creator, the one who made them. It is the devil's scheme to come and bring about division that comes about because of the color of our skin or because of the differences in our culture. And brothers and sisters, can I just say it's important that you and me don't get caught up in that trap of judging people by the color of their skin, of treating them differently because they look different than we do and because they act different than we do. We've got to be careful because the enemy is clever and he uses whatever he can to bring about that division and build up that wall. We've got to stop with the them and us. We really do. Because as long as that carries on, it allows the enemy to continue to perpetuate division. And what God has been about it's been about unity. Now, I say that and I and, and I'm not saying that that you and I don't recognize that there are that there is diversity among us. That's not what I'm saying at all. Jesus didn't do that. You remember Jesus when he came, Jesus dealt with the issue that he was a Jew. And as he was at the well with a Samaritan woman and talking about the differences between the two, he, he said, listen, I know. Because the woman was like, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Why are we talking? And Jesus, in, in, in short, said, because I am living water. I am life. If I don't talk to you, you can't have life because we know. And he says the Jews, we know the answer is coming through us. So Jesus didn't deny who he was, nor did he deny who anyone else was. But he did not allow their differences in nationality nor culture to bring about division. Which means that it's true what it says about Jesus overcame the schemes of the enemy. He went about doing good, breaking the power of Satan, even in relationships. And Satan's desire is to separate. Because when we are separated, he can conquer. When we're divided, he can conquer and defeat. But Jesus Christ has always been about oneness in bringing us together. 
So let me read to you what happened 100 years ago. May 30th, 1921. A 19-year-old Dick Rowland is falsely accused of attacking a 17-year-old Sarah Page on a downtown elevator as reported by the Tulsa Tribune. This false narrative struck the match that lit the fires of racial discord in this city and erupted into 16 to 18 hours of carnage, destruction, and mayhem. One of the most prosperous black communities at that time in the United States was destroyed. What had taken many Tulsa residents a lifetime to build took other people only hours to destroy. One library, two dozen grocery stores, four drug stores, eight doctor, doctor's offices, a dozen churches and over 30 restaurants and entire neighborhoods were reduced to ruins. And so countless lives were forever changed by the racial actions and attitudes of the Tulsa citizens of that time. The 1921 race massacre reveals how wrong attitudes can result in great destruction. And there's always the note made, and I think it's always important that uh, the spirit of Greenwood would not die. Now, many attribute that to the human spirit, and I was reminded earlier this week that God does his work through human agency. Amen. God has called you and me to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and he uses us to do his work. And as long as we are leaning in on him, dependent on him, he will give us the strength that we need to do the things that he has called us to do. And so when many talk about the spirit of Greenwood, I'm simply thinking about the mercy and grace of God that showed up in people who were not willing to quit. That no matter what had come against them, that there was enough fortitude in them that they wouldn't quit. And I love it how God searches and he looks for those who won't quit. And he has a way of giving them help and giving them strength when they're willing to put their hope, their trust and their faith in him. I'm talking about this today because as we close our time together today, we're going to be praying for some specific things. Because what we're looking for is unity in the body of Christ. We're looking for reconciliation in the community and with people. And we are desiring that the church would be on the forefront of healing and restoration. There are many fronts by which this whole thing is moving. Uh, there are political and, and commercial components of it. Lots of things have happened, are happening, but nothing is more important than what happens in the heart of people. Let me tell you, you can construct buildings, you can redo all of those things, but if the hearts of people are not changed, all we've done is rebuilt buildings. What God has always been about is changing the heart of people 
And brothers and sisters, I believe that you and I have been given the great privilege and the great opportunity to be a part of his great work. If you would go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verses 1 through 6. This is the Apostle Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. And he has given him instructions on how Timothy is to maintain his worship. But what I want you to note are the key words that, that Paul gives to Timothy. He says, I urge then, first of all, that request, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Look at verse five. For there is one mediator, excuse me, there is one God and one mediator between God and men. And that is the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. And he says in for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I am not lying in a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. One mediator. That's the person or the man, Jesus Christ. He reconciles us first back to God. And then he reconciles us to one another. That is why it is his intent that we are transformed in the way we think, the way we act and the way we live. That this word that he has given us is meant to change us so that we then live out what he has called us to be. Again, to simply read the word and not be doers of the word does not allow that power that was sang about earlier to be at work in us. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ to break every chain, but it means that you must walk by faith and that faith is demonstrated by the way you live. When the spirit of God brings upon you conviction that your attitude is wrong and incorrect, it is your job to walk in obedience by confessing and agreeing with God that your attitude is lousy and don't justify your attitude talking about it's because of what has happened. No, you and I have been healed 
We've been purified. We've been washed clean. And it is the word of God that continues to bring about transformation and change in us so that we truly reflect who he is. But if you and I don't live it out, its power cannot be realized. So that's why you can see people that know the word of God. But if you're not living out the word of God, the word of God seems powerless in their lives. That's why that listen, that's the only reason that racism can hang around is because people will use the word of God to justify their behavior instead of allowing the word of God to bring about transformation in their lives and in their hearts. He said, no, I want you to understand that you've received much mercy. Therefore, you need to be a distributor of much mercy. You've received much grace. I want you to be a distributor of much grace. Then he says, be bold and courageous. No, he did not call us to shrink back from truth. And part of the reason why this story, as we talk about it a hundred years later, part of the reason that that it was kept quiet is because there were those who chose who chose not to declare truth, who chose, who claimed one thing, but yet did something else. And brothers and sisters, I, I don't want to be like that. I don't want us to be like that. And I do not want the people of God, the church, the body of Jesus Christ to be like that. I want us to be bold enough to see truth, declare truth, and stand up for truth. With the realization that that statement that is made in Romans chapter 8 about knowing the truth. It will set you free. You remember in, in John 8. I said Romans. And in John 8. In John 8 where it says that, that those who were disciples of Jesus. And who were practicing following his teacher, teachings. He says that you and I will know the truth. And the truth will set us free. And whom the son sets free is free indeed. So he says to you and me, let's exercise truth. Can I get you to turn to one other place before before we stop and, and enter into both prayer and intercession in Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter 2. If you would slip down to about the 14th verse. In fact, I need to start at verse number 11 just to keep it together. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 11. Therefore remember that formerly you who were or who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, 
excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Look at verse 14. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man who out of the two, excuse me, one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For, th for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. It is the cross, at the cross, where there is a level field and we are all made equal and it becomes that place of healing and restoration. If we can learn to start at the cross and from the cross, then we can begin to work with those difficult uh, issues that bring about division and separation out of the cross because then we understand that, wait a minute, I've been saved and washed by his blood and that so now it's no longer what I do uh, that really matters is me living in him and what he does through me that matters. And so now I can learn to elevate and keep my eyes fixed on the important thing. What did you say? Set your hearts and minds on Christ. I can keep my eyes fixed on the right thing because I have a higher view and it doesn't allow me to be drugged down into the mud and getting stuck on non-essential things. So he says, he is our mediator, Jesus Christ. He is also the one that makes, he is our peace because he himself destroys the hostility. He, he destroys the barrier wall between people. And brothers and sisters, if we, the church, can begin to execute the truth of God's word, then he will allow his power to be manifest as he breaks down barriers and as he unites people so that his name is glorified. Then Jesus can be exalted. And you remember what it said? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You and I have been called to be lifters of Jesus. That's what we've been called to do, to promote his name above every name and to make sure that in the center of all things that he becomes the most important expression of what we say and what we do. Okay, I said that was the last one, but I need you to turn to one other place. Psalm 133.
Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Hmm. As we are moving into commemorating this major event, remembering Many say remembering so that it doesn't happen again. But remembering what took place so that the story is told about God's perseverance in preserving in the midst of what the enemy sought to destroy. Remembering and telling the story so that there is true accountability. Amen? It is a part of history that, a part of our history that needs to be communicated, but for us in the church, what I'm trying to do is help us also have the same framework that many people start thinking about uh, the great success and prosperity that was taking place, but you need to understand that the devil is always at work. And this was yet another witness to what happens when, when we as, as born again believers do not allow the word of God to bring about transformation in our hearts. It's not enough to show up on Sundays and say that I've been to church. I can tell you with certainty, even though I were not there, that many of those who participated in that massacre were in church. It is unfortunate that when you look back over the, the historical records, you will see that, that folks have used the word of God to promote their particular issues without understanding the spirit of God. And when they have done that, it has been a, a terrible, terrible witness to the power of who God is. And it is important for you and me today to get to that place where we're not just showing up attending church. I'm not just reading my Bible. You know how we like to say we're doing a quiet time. I'm not just doing a quiet time or a devotional daily just to say that I read it. No, that word needs to be doing a work on the inside of me so that there is transformation. If I'm a husband, it ought to help me treat my wife better. If I'm a father, it ought to help me treat my children better. If I work for somebody, if I am employed, I ought to be one of the better employees for my employee. It ought to be bringing about change and transformation in my life because the word of God is alive and it is active and it never leaves the thing that it touches the same. But in order for that power to be activated, I've got to step out in it and allow it to do its work. 
has to be more than just an academic exercise of I've read and now I'm done. And then I pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yes, it's okay to pray the model prayer, but it was a model prayer intended to govern how you would enter into that intimate dialogue with your father. It's about bringing about change and transformation. And if you and I would allow the word of God and the spirit of God to bring about transformation in our hearts and in our lives, that will spill over to every place where he has given us influence. That means every place where he takes our feet, he will allow us to be positive witnesses for the kingdom. You're familiar with the, with the verse in Chronicles? Uh, you want me to take you there too? Let's go there. Is it First Chronicles or Second Chronicles? Is it First Chronicles? What chapter? The seventh chapter? What verse? Okay, so now Second Chronicles, chapter 7. Second Chronicles, chapter 7. And let's begin with verse 14. Now you do realize that yes, the context goes up a little bit farther, but let's just begin with, with verse number 14 because it speaks to what God says he will do. If my people who are called by my name, his people, that's the church, will humble themselves and pray and seek his face. And turn from their wicked ways. This is his people. He talking about his people turning from their wicked ways. He says, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So he says, according to what his people do. That's how he's going to respond. So it begins with humbling ourselves, praying, seeking his face, turning from our wicked ways. It begins with repentance, acknowledging that whatever it is that we've done that has been offensive to God, as the spirit reveals that we agree with him, that we might turn away from it. And God says when that is happening, then he would bring about healing in the land. Write these down if you don't mind or if you can if you can retain them. Some of the things that I want you to be praying for. I want you to begin praying against the attitudes of racism that still exist in our world and our culture today. I want you to begin praying against that. We're going to pray that in in just a moment, but I want you to begin praying for that seriously. And and you know, let me just it says if my people who are called by my name, you know where it starts, right? It starts, it starts with you and me. You can't be praying for somebody else's racism when you are racist. Okay? And so you got to deal with that stuff in you. We got to deal with that stuff in us that God deal with me. When, when the spirit says to you, what you just said wasn't right, what you just did wasn't right, what you just thought wasn't right. You may not have said it, but you know it wasn't right. That's the time to deal with it. 
that you will allow him to change it in you. And let's join in praying for the victims, those survivors of the massacre that you had generations. But then here was another thing that was taking place. There were many that were were buried. That's why right now they're going through and, and trying to find where those mass graves are because there were many people that, that were buried. They simply did not return home. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Channel 6 recently did a, a, a great documentary. I thought it was a great documentary. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go and take a look at it because it gives good history. But there are many folks who did not, they simply did not return back home. And so they were lost. And though, so trying to bring some restoration and rightness to, to something of that effect. Pray that you will see all people as made in the image of God and worthy of respect. Pray that God would heal the hearts of the different groups and hurting people. That there would be some clarity brought to, some purpose brought to next steps and where to move. Virgil, can you come and give us our prayer music? As the prayer music is getting ready, I am uh, asking us to just enter into just a few minutes, just a solemn time of prayer. Music is playing. I'm talking a little bit, but I want us to enter into just a solid time of prayer. And what I want to do is if you are here, if God lays it upon your heart to pray for either one of those issues or another specific issue that that he has laid upon your heart, just raise your hand. I'm going to bring you this microphone so that you can pray as the Spirit of God leads you.
I believe that, that there is power in prayer in that prayer has a way of going places where you and I cannot go because we have ministering spirits who are at work all around us and they have a way of doing the work of God preparing the, the way and preparing the area so they will take in response to how we pray they move and so there is that component of where we pray but then there's also that of what we do faith without works is dead and so there's also the doing part of it but right now I just want to focus on on the praying part of it I don't know how you feel when you start to think about what has transpired but I can tell you my heart grieves each time I read the story each time I watch uh, one of the documentaries each time I listen to a discussion my heart grieves it, it really grieves because of the atrocity uh, that was worked out it's it's sad To think that that kind of, of hatred and disrespect for life existed. And unfortunately, it continues to exist. Brothers and sisters, uh, there ought to be a, a clarion call and an urgency placed upon our hearts because we know that time is drawing near and you and I ought to be about getting the message of Jesus Christ out to as many folks as we possibly can. Because it is only in him that we have life. Only in him that we have life. He is the mediator. He is the reconciler. So that means that you and I need to be cleaning up and letting him clean up our act so that we can, we can be usable and useful to the master. Father, as we come before you, Lord, during this solemn moment, during this time, we simply appeal to you in the name of Jesus Christ that by your spirit, God, you would speak to our hearts. We come before you, God, and we lay ourselves open before you as we, uh, Father, deal with such a somber issue But Father, something that has transpired. We thank you for your new mercies. Mercies that are new every morning. Father, we thank you that you are the restorer of broken lives. That Father, it doesn't matter how many years have passed that you have a way bringing about father healing and restitution and we pray oh god that those who have been placed in positions of leadership would be sensitive to your spirit god they would walk in obedience lord to your commands the god you would use them to bring about both justice and righteousness though we're here today 
talking about what happened, Father, in this state, we know that God, it is not isolated because just a year ago, the entire world was dealing with, uh, Father, the, the horrible taking of another person's life. Recorded for the world to see. Reminder to us that even though Jesus has been raised from the dead and we have life in him, that until you actually condemn Satan and lock him away, he is going to be busy disturbing the lives of people. We come appealing to you today in Jesus' name. Show us how to engage in the battle. Show us, Father, how to effectively win men and women to you. Most importantly, Father, transform us so that we are agents of reconciliation for the kingdom. This we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
But he can't come for a church that's divided. Mm. He can't come come for a church that has a white congregation and a My black congregation. He's coming for a church that loves all people. Yes. That yes. reaches all people. Mm. That teaches all people. My Lord. Oh God, give us strength to share your word effectively yeah. and be about your business. In mm. Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. 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 If you're on the phone and you want to pray and God has prompted you, remember you have to hit star six. That will bring you live into the conversation, uh, into the prayer time, and, and we'll yield to you as well. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, Gloria. Thank you. you are praying go ahead and get your elements ready you know that we observe the Lord's table on today as we observe the Lord's table we're thinking about his redemptive work how he has taken our fallen condition now he makes us new creatures or creations in him you get your bread or your crackers you get your water or your juice representative of the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Take a few moments right where you are and just begin giving God thanks for the forgiveness of your sins. Take a few moments and remind yourself that it was not you who cleaned yourself up, but that it was him. Doesn't matter how long you have walked with him, that it began 
with him. Take, take a few moments and seriously give thanks for what he has delivered you from, from what he has saved you from, and that you did not, you have not, and you will not receive what your sins deserve. That he lavished grace upon you that you couldn't pay for. And in so doing, he took away your guilt and condemnation. So that no matter how horrific your sin may have been, the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient both to pay for that sin and to wash away the stain. That's why many of us don't look like what we've been delivered from. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. All of us are ex-somethings. And praise God that we don't have to walk around with the stigma of that X tied to us because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. So give thanks to him. Give thanks. Give thanks to him because he loved you enough to accept your simple confession of faith Believing that he is the son of God. Believing that he died for you. Believing that he washed away your sins with his blood. And that God raised him from the dead. <laughs> now that you've thought about how blessed you are to have been delivered. Now ask yourself, have you been living a holy life? consistent with that deliverance. If by chance the Spirit reminds you that no, you haven't been doing so, that's okay. Simply repent. Confess. Repent. And ask Him to give you the strength to help you. Don't try, don't say I'm going to do better. No, no, no. Don't you take control. Don't say I'm going to do better. Simply acknowledge, then remind him as you remind yourself, I need your help. Repent for relying on your own strength and say, help me to lean into you. See, what this bread and what this juice does, it reminds us that the power is not from us, but it's from him. If we're reminded of that, then we never have to worry about running out of uh, strength and power to, to be overcomers uh, of the sin in our lives and to be representatives of, of the kingdom of God if we rely on him. So now that you have given thanks and you reflected, you repented, you confessed, bread that represents his body, the juice that represents his blood. It's the blood of the new covenant. And it's promised that he will never leave nor forsake us, but will be with us. Will you eat the bread and drink the juice?
God. The end of all things is near. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the pastor of New Joy Fellowship Ministry located here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. To learn more about the ministry, go to njfm.org. That's N as in new, J as in joy, F as in fellowship, M as in ministry.org. We would love to hear from you. If you have a special prayer request, reach out to us at prayernjf at tulsacoxmail.com. Also, Pastor Richard would love to hear from you. If you desire to connect with him, you can reach out to him at PastorRichard at TulsaCoxMail.com. If you have questions on how you can connect with this awesome, wonderful Jesus that we're talking about, just send us a message. Connect with us also on Facebook at NJFM Tulsa, and that's New Joy Fellowship Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and represent Christ, represent Christ by walking in love. <laughs>